Hey Slay, hey everyone, it's me, Jay, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. And I'm with my girl, Nina. And thank you to Oligo Professional for being our amazing sponsors. And everyone, listen up. It is Pride Month. Happy Pride. Yes, I love Pride Month. I love you, my friend. And I just want to say, you know, we, you know, this is a month that is important to us and obviously, of course, important to you. And we want to celebrate pride. We want to celebrate the LGBTQIA community and everyone that has accepted us and our podcast with open arms. We wrap so much love around you. And I know that you have your story, you know, with your coming out story. And I know it's important for you to kind of talk about that. And I think it's important for us to share this on our platform, because if there is someone that is listening that maybe is struggling or is feeling alone or is feeling that they don't belong in any way, shape or form, I I want us to just kind of wrap our arms around them. And I, and I also wanted you to maybe give them a sense of hope and inspiration by sharing a little bit of your story um, with everyone that's listening. Um, oh my goodness. I feel so honored. Thank you. Cause everyone knows I'm a gay boy. Hello. Oh, and so, mm-hmm. let me say something, you know, I love me a gay boy, honey. Hello. That's why you're my wifey. Let's get real. <laughs> oh yes. But I, I, in all like funny and all, like all that, but I just, I want to first say thank you to everyone before me and us who paved the way for our you know, acceptance. And I know that we're still fighting the good fight, but Stonewall and everyone who just fought for what was right to live their life out loud. I need to give it up to them because, you know, I was out outed Mm. by my stepmother. And we've talked about this before on my podcast at 16. And if you think about yourself personally, 15, 16, you know, maybe you're younger, you're 13 or 14. Those are the crucial moments of your life where your adulthood Mm. is kind of formed. Yes. Everything that you're around and all of that. So my circumstance, you know, I embrace it now, but for the longest time I ran from it and it was hard for me to have any emotional connection because I didn't have a relationship with my mother my whole life. And then Mm -hmm. my dad was just so easy to kick me out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm so thankful for my relationships that I have with my sisters. And, Mm -hmm. and they, like my sister Jessica allowed me to have a safe space. But one thing I want to share is that if you're afraid or you're scared or you're overwhelmed, that you're not alone. And, You know, there has been a lot of work done before us that has allowed for a little bit more of a safer space. And a lot of times in our LGBTQIA families in the community, we are great at finding our family. Mm -hmm. And I know it may suck sometimes to not have a relationship with maybe your blood family, but I feel through my experience that I have more you know, support and love from humans that don't even know me. And, and I, and to this day, like, I'm going to be real, like right now, like me and my dad are not doing good. And I thought, you know, he did accept it once I was around 18, 
but the actions that he's taking right now do not stand for equality. And I, and I just don't know what that shift is. And I'm just so thankful for the family that I get to choose. Mm. And I feel like that's such an uplifting, you know, momentum for you to know that you're not alone. And if you are a parent of someone who is young or you're a parent of someone who is older, take time to ask them how they're doing, what's going on, what are their life, what's their life like, what are the challenges that they have to walk. And as a parent of two kids, right? Like I remember my son coming out to me as straight. Mm-hmm. Like it was so funny. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I already know that, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Right? Like the tables turned. But it was like, you have to realize that the love that you have for your child should be unconditional and their sexual orientation shouldn't define your relationship with them. And I, and I hope that any parent out there, if you're looking at your young kid and maybe they're twirling around or they're a woman and they love to like play baseball or whatever, right? Those little, those little moments where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. right? Because my dad had them. Listen, my dad had them all the way from whenever I was a little baby. He was like, okay, he's, he's very vibrant. You know what I mean? Just, (laughs) I think lead a lot more with love and embrace people for what their differences are. But the powerful thing that we have in our LGBTQIA community is that we have the ability to build our own family and you have a family member with me. And I know that No Cell is Left Behind stands with you. And if you are afraid or scared or feel like you can't get through this, my cell phone number is on my Instagram and you can call me at any time. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. I already got so emotional. So worked up. And thank you for sharing that. And I know that it's still hard for you. And I know that it is something that you still work through every day in that relationship with your dad. And I just want, first of all, you know how much I love you. Uh, you. And I just have so much admiration for you and uh, how honest you are about your story and your life. And I hope that if anyone is listening today and not only just with you, but also, you know, with our guests that we're going to have today, they do find a sense of family and community and hope and inspiration because we literally wrap our arms around you today. And that's what this podcast is going to be all about Thank you so much, Jay, for, for sharing your story. I just love you. And I already, you know, I got all cute and my makeup and everything. And I was like, I cannot cry today. Uh, right. But I just, I feel you so much. And then I also think about all of the people who are really struggling. Uh, and that, yeah. it, hurt, it hurts me, honestly. So I want this to be uh, an episode that we give hope and inspiration to our community today that is listening. So, and it does get better. Yes. It gets yeah. better and you get to find your own family. Hello. So if your family is like not about it, start searching. You have a dad right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Anyways, it. Yes. A special guest. We do have a special guest today. And Jay and I literally, before we got on here, we both were like, I said, I have butterflies in my belly today for our guests. I'm super excited to bring him in. You guys probably already know him, but if you don't, you're going to get to know a lot more about him on this episode today. So we're so excited to welcome our special guest today, Mr. James Gartner. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my goodness gracious. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Listen, I, 
there's an obsession that I have for you. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> well, you know, the street goes both ways. There's no doubt about it. And you know, I slid right up into the DMs and I was like, hey, Jay. <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We're going to dive into your story. Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, you are the mm-hmm. owner of Bali Powder, which yes, yes, yes. And so we're going to talk about your life. We're going to talk about your story. We're going to talk about your business, all things James today. And so yes. before we kind of dive into some of the questions, why don't you just share your journey? Why don't you share your, how you kind of got started in this industry, where you are, uh, you know, and where you're located, all of the good stuff that has to do with your journey in the beauty industry. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an older girl, so, um, I I froze myself at 27, but I'm still an older girl. Okay. Love it. Um, So we're going to go way back. I hope you have some time because you do. So I guess I'll start with beauty school. Um, you know, I, I had my, my best friend. I lived in a very small town. And um, it was me and one other gay boy who lived there. And, of course, we became friends. And, um, you know, I remember, okay, so back then, I was, you know, probably 18, 19 years old. And um, we, you know, the whole thing was like, you had to be bronze to the God. You had to be completely orange. That was the thing. Blonde hair, orange skin. It was, that was it. Um, And I remember us applying makeup and I was kind of showing him how to apply his bronzer and the the whole bit. And he was like, you know, have you ever thought about beauty school? And I said, you know, I, I never really thought about it. And he said, wouldn't it be cool if we went to beauty school together? And I was like, that would be really awesome. So um, that's exactly what we did. We went to beauty school together. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is, is that when I went to beauty school, um, I didn't go the traditional route of um, immediately going into a salon and working. Um, The beauty school asked me if I wanted to become a teacher. So. I was one of those girls. I did a, um, I went immediately from graduation of beauty school right into teaching beauty school. And um, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was an interesting experience because, you know, you can teach the basics, but there are certain things you just don't know that you get from working behind the chair. Right. That is a fact. Um, and so, you know, while I was teaching beauty school, I actually, um, you know, there was a lot of courses that were going on and there was a big product line at the time who had, um, invited me to attend their educator training. And so I went from beauty school to beauty school teaching into product line educating. Um, that was an interesting journey because I realized very quickly with these large brands that, um, you know, while I was in it, I was balls to the wall. We were doing it. But the the challenge is that, you know, and how do I say this nicely? Um, You know, somebody's either got to die or get pregnant for you to move up in those kind of companies. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's as sad as that is, but it, but it's true. It's a, it's a slow grow, but I learned so much from that company at the time. And I was able to really um, hone in on presentation skills and um, all of the stuff that comes along with being an educator. Um, So at that point, my, my good friend, my best Judy, she went and worked for another product line that was sort of up and coming. And um, gosh, at that time, I was like, I don't know, you know, where I want to go or what I want to do. And 
he said, well, why don't you meet my boss? You know, we were at a hair show at the, at the time. And he's like, why don't you meet my boss and talk to her? She really would be interested in um, having a conversation with you. And we sat down and I ended up loving her, uh, joined the, this new up and coming brand, which now they're a huge conglomerate. They're a, a ginormous company, but, um, that was a very interesting ride for me. And, you know, I know we talked a little bit about Pride Month and Jay, you, uh, you know, sharing your stories incredible. I almost just wanted to like hug you through the screen oh, here, you. you know? Um, it's, you know, especially now when I hear all of the things that are going on in the world, um, mm -hmm. while it's almost unfathomable and hard for me to even um, understand and grasp what these people are going through, um, it, it stirs up and brings up a lot of emotions myself, um, being that I experienced discrimination, mm -hmm. um, even in this industry, which is um, crazy to think about because, you know, this is the beauty industry. So, right, right. you know, it, it's, it's so strange to think about that. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that in this industry yourself, but um, I certainly have. And I remember um, I was working for the company. I did uh, the product line company. I had this huge opportunity to start to be on stage and start to do gigs where we would do um, product launches. And at the time it was DVDs because, you know, uh, the internet <laughs> didn't really, that was the thing, okay? <laughs> and so um, the, it was, I was doing this DVD. I, you know, I got all dressed up. I had, and I, I should show you guys pictures like on the back. I end. can't wait to see. So, um, I had the the platinum blonde spiky hair with the emo bang. And Get the, it. Oh yeah, it was it was the whole thing and the full face. It was great, and you know, interestingly enough, I did this DVD and I re I recall it to this day. Um, I referred to the hair when I was done mm -hmm. as delicious. <laughs> yes. Isn't this delicious? Yes. And you know. I didn't think anything of it, but what happened was this DVD got released to all of these different distributors. And there was a distributor in the South who just could not release the DVD, um, just said that the person in the DVD was just a little bit too much. Mm. And, you know, I was 21 years old at the wow. time. You know, it was mortifying to be called into a room with executives to be told that your video is not going to get launched in certain areas because you're too much, you're too flamboyant. No. Um, and, you know, at the time, there wasn't really a, there wasn't really a thing as discrimination laws and, um, you know, uh, all of that stuff in the workplace. This, it was a totally different time. And so, um, you know, for me, it gave me a complete complex. I was, uh, I can't even tell you, you know, imagine being 21 years old. Oh. And have you been there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like so devastating. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Well, you know, it, at the time, I didn't really know how to handle it. Right. Um, it was heartbreaking, traumatizing, you know, uh, to be told that you were different and not maybe in the best ways that people approved of. So I came home and, you know, I was really ambitious. So I, I came home and I said, well, what do I got to do to fix this? Right. And this is where things kind of took a strange turn because <laughs> I, I listened to my mentors and my peers and I went and got vocal lessons. Um, I changed my attire. Um, I started hitting the gym. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I would go up on, on stage and, and, you know, they would, they would have me in certain areas and I would go up on stage where I would, where I could be accepted. 
And um, I had this sort of feeling like I just wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, except for the gym part, the gym part totally worked out okay. I found that <laughs> to be sort of like my escape. It was almost like a drug, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just fell in love with that. But, um, you know, around the same time um, that I was doing the gym and doing all this, I, I got more confidence. And um, I decided at that time I was going to open my own salon. So I did my own little salon suite setup. And, um, it, you know, this was interesting because um, I knew from going into these salons, educating and, and traveling around the nation, talking to hairdressers that um, I almost felt like they could see. They could see that, you know, I was a great stylist. I had a lot of information to share, but there was something missing. And I think that that something missing was the actual act of working behind the chair because that experience is priceless and you learn things that you can't really learn anywhere else. Um, But, you know, in my salon suite, I started with my friends and my family and my neighbors and and the whole bit, um, just kind of honing in on, on whatever it was that I felt I was missing there. Um, so during that time, I went to an update training. Have you guys ever been to one of those like product line update trainings? Oh yeah. 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 So training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is where you learn about like new product launches. Yes. Okay. Yep. Then you have the terrifying experience of getting up in front of all of your peers Right? I mean, come on now. Everybody's got like sweat marks from here down to their ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they have to get up in front of each other, the, the hardest critics in the world, and, and present these products and, and show them what you got. And so at this time, I had a little more confidence. You know, I had been working out. I practiced before I got there. I probably read like every single, you know, uh, presentation book that I could possibly read. And um, I got up there and I just let them have it. Right. I was like, yes, we're just going to give it. We're going to serve it. And I hope you're going to eat it because here we go. (laughs) And um, I I, what happened was all of my peers got up and gave me a standing ovation. I Mm -hmm. felt so good. It was You know what I mean? It was one of those moments where you're like the hard work paid off. I I had prepped my ass off for this. I was I was ready Um, until we got to the part where your um, leaders and mentors sit you down to tell you uh, their views of how they think mm. it And I was not riding this high. You know, everybody was like, I want to be you when I grow up. And I'm like, well, I'm only 22. So, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I got down and I was expecting them to be like, great job. And um, unfortunately, it was, we feel you need to tone it down. Mm. And I... I just kind of sat there puzzled. And, you know, at 22, your first reaction is to kind of be um, defensive, you know? And um, I I probably gave him a hard time and like, what do you mean tone it down? You know, like, uh, and the whole bit, because I, at that point I had thought that I was doing so well and I just, I was not having it. And um, anyway, my husband picked me up from the airport and I think he could just see it in my face. He was like, you know, if, when you know somebody for long enough, um, you can just read each other's emotions in like two seconds. Yeah. yeah. And he picked me up from the airport, uh, looked at my face and just said, you know, it didn't go so well. And I said, you know, I told him what happened and, and the whole story. And he said, I think it might be time for you to take a break. Um, I was driving home from work. I saw this uh, space and I think it would be a really great opportunity to distract you from the things that are going on. 
And I said, well, you know, are you talking about opening a, a salon? And he said, yeah, we're, let's do it. Let's open a salon. Yes. So that's how, how, we, how we opened the salon. It was an existing space. Um, it was about 2,000 square feet. And um, it, it had been a salon previously, uh, which was a great thing because um, I know both of you have been salon owners. Mm -hmm. And um, so then you know that plumbing and infrastructure, oh. it's crazy. It out is so crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And, and, you know, I'll talk to a lot of people and they'll tell me, um, oh, you know, I want to be a salon owner and um, I want, I'm going to build this amazing salon. And it makes me think, oh shit, do you realize how much, you know, this is going to cost to just yeah. build this thing from the ground up? You can't just take a shell and build it. It costs, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to do it. Luckily, I didn't have that because it was a former salon. I was That's awesome. Move in. The infrastructure was already there. Um, so, you know, interestingly enough, it did distract me. Um, however, like I said, I was only taking friends, family, neighbors uh, from my from my little salon suite, and um, I didn't really have a customer base built. So here I am in this lease. So now I went from one terrifying experience uh, to a whole nother terrifying experience because I am like, oh shit. I have, um, you know, a huge lease to pay for and I have no um, cash flow coming in. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, scary. So, <laughs> right? Like, I had to figure that shit out. I was yes. like, oh my God. So, you know, I, I, fortunately I was part of this network still with the product line. I didn't completely let it go. Um, I was, you know, at a, at a place where I was doing smaller gigs here and there, um, in certain areas. And, um, um, I just loved it too much. I loved being an educator. I loved being on stage. I loved teaching people. It was, it was my jam and it still is, but I, I knew I couldn't let that go. So I was trying to juggle both. And, um, I remember going to all of the people that I admired in my network and just kind of talking to them and saying, what, what makes you successful? What are you doing that makes you a great hairstylist? And um, talking to salon owners, too, that are really successful and saying, you know, what are you doing that is, is making your, your team grow? And um, unfortunately for me, it was the same kind of thing. And I, I don't know if you can, it, you know, you can resonate with this from the people that you coach in your business. But they're like, it took me years to develop the skills and years to build mm -hmm. my clientele to where it is today, trial and error and the whole yeah. bit. Yep. Well, fuck, because I didn't have that kind of time. <laughs> I, had a lease. I get it. Yeah. Right? I had at least things were coming. Yes. Yep. So I, I had to dig a little bit deeper. I, I had to really kind of, you know, get in there and say, hey, um, you know, what are you doing behind the chair? And fortunately for me, I had a lot of great people who, you know, took me under their wing and said, you know, why don't you come and visit me in the salon and, and, and I'll share with you some things that I do and that I teach my team. And um, they kind of showed me some, some really interesting things. And, and a lot of those things were like really um, cohesive. I'm talking everybody had the same type of elements in their day-to-day -day operation behind the chair that made them successful. And so I told you, I, I was very ambitious, right? So I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all of these key things that I'm finding and I'm just going to start applying them and see what happens. Yeah. 
And um, what ended up happening was I grew very quickly. Before I knew it, I had a team in the salon. I was teaching them the same things. They were growing very quickly. The salon became a top 200 salon in the nation. Yes. And yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty incredible. That's amazing. That's wait. I want to cut you off really quickly. Cause I'm sure. curious. I'm curious about a couple things actually. So you said you were an old girl, but I'm wondering, I'm thinking like, there's no way that you could be older than me. So when you were in beauty school, <laughs> were you in beauty school in the nineties, like in the late nineties? Cause that's I, when I was in beauty school. Very close. It was late nineties okay. into the, into the two thousands. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. I got my license in 1997. Both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 1997. So I'm like, there's no way, there is no way that he can, you know, that he is older than me. So, okay. I love that. Cause the times were so incredibly different then. Yeah. So different in beauty school then. Oh my gosh. I mean, so you were, you were starting beauty school when it was moving out of the perms and into the flat ironing. Everybody mm-hmm. had this stick straight hair and the, yes. yeah. Which I was so grateful for because let me tell you something I could do without a damn perm. I just right, right. perms. It was like, and even in my salon, like I stopped doing them. Like in the earlier years, we would have a few people, but by year like four, I was like, I'm not doing perms anymore. And we literally had a handful of people that came in on occasion for like a loose body wave. I think by the time I sold my salon, there was like one person left that came in for a perm in like three years. But in the beginning, you know, we're going in like 2005, 2006, people were still getting these perms. um, And I was just over it and done. The other question I had for you, you mentioned that you talked to other salon owners and they gave you some really interesting tips on how to become successful and you recognize that they were all very similar. Can you just share maybe one or two of those things that you applied? I would love to. So, you know, the first thing that I noticed right from the jump was that everybody had this sort of uh, standard, almost consultation procedure. And um, you could, I could immediately detect the people um, from that point going forward that maybe didn't have the best consultation skills because a lot of the time people would um, open, you know, you hear it time and time again, you can see a new stylist from a mile away when they're like, so what are we going to do today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't know, you know, um, in, instead of really diving deep into figuring out where this person is at, where they've been, and then developing a plan together to get them to where they want to be. Amen. So that was that was the first the first thing that I really started to recognize, and then the you know just to share another tip, um, it, it stems from being able to you know from that's the beginning of your service all the way to the end of your service, and one of those things at the end of the service is going to be asking for referrals and getting people to recommend you to their friends and family, yes. as well as um, making sure that their appointment is booked before they leave. Hello. That is so true. I know you got to check your schedule, girl, but you know what? I am very popular and busy, so you better get your ass on the schedule now so that this way we can make sure that we see you, right? And that you can get in on your time. So it's just those kinds of systems that... Um, that I started to recognize. And, um, you know, in addition to a lot of like marketing stuff, um, I started realizing some of the really key elements that, um, that they were doing in their salons and that these stylists were doing to, to get booked up and to grow outside of just their standard behind the chair procedures. But yeah, I hope that helps. 
No, I, I'm obsessed with that. And I think that systems, like, I'm always like, listen, I led the path of none for like my first couple of years and it was a shit show. So like once I got (laughs) systems involved and like mentors really coaching guide me through, we boomed. You know what I mean? And it was just like, because you have accountability, not only with yourself, but also with your team. And I think that's so amazing. I do want to like, pivot a little bit because that's what we like to do here at New South mm-hmm. Behind. Sure. But I want to go, so you're in the salon. Right. But I think everyone listening, mm-hmm. me and Nina, yes. know, how did you start your company, Bali Powder? Like walk <laughs> us through that journey. Okay. All right. So <laughs> yes, Bali Powder. Okay. So uh, let's jump back a little bit. I was um, starting the salon. It was a great distraction from some of the um, things that I didn't like about the education world that I was in. Um, But there was also some great things that I loved. Um, I remember doing a show, I think it was the, it was the ABS Chicago show. And that was a big one, right? It was like, it's huge, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're about to throw up before you get on stage, kind of huge. It was like, it was like that kind of thing. (laughs) And um, I, you know, I remember um, right before I was about to go up, there was an older gentleman. He, um, you know, we're not even going to go there. An older gentleman, just different views, different, different ideas. And um, I remember him saying that he wanted me to man up. Like when I get on stage, I want you to man up. Mm. And, you know, (laughs) again, I am 20 something years old. I don't really know how to handle these situations except for to have kind of like a mild hissy fit. So, you know, (laughs) that's exactly what happened is I was like, can you fucking believe this guy? Blah, 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 blah. You know, right before I'm about to go on stage. Um, And somehow I was able to kind of um, move into the, into the grounding um, things you learn uh, in these big product lines. And I don't know if you've ever been to any of these big, have you been to one of these like big product line trainings, like educators? Yes. They're, they're awesome. But at the same time, you almost leave feeling a little like, um, almost a little brainwashed. (laughs) But they have some really great things to offer. And one of those things that they offered was a grounding mechanism, like just to kind of feel your feet on the ground and, and allow yourself to kind of be centered so that you can focus and, and lean into whatever it is, the topic that you're trying to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to get across. And so I grounded myself, I got on there, we nailed it, but I didn't forget about it because I was a 20 something year old and I, and I held that grudge. Right. Um, and so at the time, mm-hmm. this is when social media was just starting. So, um, you know, everybody was on Facebook, but Instagram was a new thing. And um, I remember that the companies were taking notice of it and that they were sort of monitoring what people were doing in a sense. They wanted to make sure that you were portraying the brand the best that you possibly could. And and with with reason, you want to make sure that you're being professional. Um, I was so upset in my 20s about this. So... I, I just kept hearing that guy's voice. You need to man up in the back of my head. And um, at the time, I, I told you I'd been hitting the gym really hard. I was feeling really good about myself. So I knew they were monitoring. And I posted this picture almost like, almost naked. I, was, I think I was holding a football. Yes. <laughs> and I said, and the caption read, this is Instagram. It's new. The caption read, how is this for manning up? Question mark. <laughs> okay. Boom. <laughs> yes. 
Rebel with a Beauty Calls oh right gosh, there. Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Right, <laughs> so of course I got blacklisted, right? It was like, oh no, we are not uh, cut off, right? Oh my God. And um, no future gigs, no nothing. The email was silent. Um, but something happened that I, I never would have imagined. Something happened that I didn't expect. And that was that a lot of the gay hairdressing community started to come out of the woodwork. They started to back me up as I was spreading this message and saying, look, you know, there's still this kind of thing going on, even in a community that is supposed to be very accepting and very, um, you know, uh, diverse. And um, Instagram started growing really quickly and the product line started to notice. And um, soon I was asked to start to come back to certain events and, um, I think they had some time to kind of assess and, and see what had happened. And they started, they brought in this huge gay icon to, to launch a product with them. Um, and I thought that that was so incredible um, because it made me feel like all of the hissy fits and all of the um, trauma and, and the actions that I took from there made me feel like in some way I made a small difference mm -hmm. in in this community and um acceptance started to happen a little bit more in our industry and i i just really you know hope that i maybe played a part in that you know yeah i love that wow <laughs> but the racy images continued online because i was in my 20s and we were whooping it up right so i yeah. was like let's let's uh, <laughs> let's feed on this you know um and it, it overshadowed all of the behind the scenes things that were happening and, and hindsight's always 2020 and what i really wished i would have done was started to show people the things i was doing in the salon but you know that was all new for me yeah. so i didn't really want to share it because hell i didn't even know if it was going to work so it was <laughs> but um instead i did what was working which was posting all of these sort of um you know really illicit kind of images <laughs> and um and you know it I started to build a following. But um, in the salon, it, it came down to um, me kind of understanding what those systems were. And it brings us kind of to today's date, where now I have you know, consecutive years as a, as a top 200 salon owner. And um, I'm ready to you know, share those systems with other people. And that's kind of um, where my joy is right now, is I get to kind of get back into educating. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where Bali Powder was born. Yes. I was in the salon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was in the salon and I, I had sort of an epiphany. At the time, there were lighteners for balayage, but they didn't quite have the lift that I wanted and that I needed. And so everybody ended up being grassy and we had a lot of people coming back into the salon. And as owners, we know that that is no good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that wastes time. We yes. want to make sure everything's going right the first time. Um, while they happen, we just want to make sure that it doesn't happen frequently. And so it just kind of dawned on me and a light bulb went off. And I said, I wonder if I could, you know, mix some components together. Um, if I could create something that we could add into the lightener. So the girls and guys in the salon watched me become like mad chemist now. I love that. <laughs> and, mm. and I'm back there mixing up shit for raw ingredients, you know, and, and you know, obviously I'd worked for the product line for a decade. So now things had changed. I had moved into a position where I was doing a lot of um, uh, product testing and a lot of uh, product development. And I was working very closely with suppliers. So it was interesting for, in that case, because it allowed me to be able to get the raw ingredients and start putting things together. 
And um, within a year, uh, the whole team was using Bali powder. And I was like, okay, we're really onto something yes. here. They love it. They're using it. We're not getting people coming back into the salon with redos. And um, I said, it's time, it's time to launch this thing. And I did a little YouTube video. It was a men's balayage YouTube video. And I mentioned the secret powder that, <laughs> that yes. I was using. And now, now my husband is, is my other half in a lot of the business things that I do. And he's so funny because he was not ready. I had mentioned it. I, he's like, we're not ready. That's a big thing. There's a lot to that. We're, we're not ready. And I had thrown out this YouTube video. <laughs> oh my goodness. So overnight, my my inbox was flooded with people. There was like 300 people that were like, where do I get this magic powder? What? <laughs> and I was like, um, Adam, uh, who's my other half, I said, uh, so I did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, right? And um, I, I told him what happened and he's like, well, we gotta turn this out and we have to do it quickly. So we had, a, we had very minimal time, but you know, what I had learned from starting with a small product line was that when you are small, you don't have to go through all these um, people and all of these yep. processes to get it launched. You can turn that shit out real quick. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, let's do it. So we jumped right in and we started, you know, getting, uh, getting things manufactured, getting packages developed and the whole bit. And um, we did this all in house and we still do it today. We have a whole assembly line where wow. um, we package our product all ourselves. Wow. And how long have you had this company and brand? So we started this, um, it would have to be about three years ago now. Oh my Congrats. That's yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> I am like, I'm blown away by that because I, I think there are so many hairstylists and owners that have those aha moments yes. where they could, you know, like speaking of like Alicia from Salon Scale, yes. right? She had that moment of creating something. And I think a lot of people have that, but they kind of ignore it. And for you, you had that and you took a risk and you were like, hey, I think I, I'm onto something here. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. And I want to I want you to maybe give some tips or advice for salon owners, hairstylists that you know, the importance of honestly taking risks in your business, because you as an owner, you know, all the owners out there, all the entrepreneurs, we took risks to yeah. put our lives and our financial state and everything on the line. And I think it's important for people to understand that in order for you to have great success, you have to take great risk. So I'm just curious if you can give some tips on that. Maybe if you went through a moment where you were doing this, where you're like, holy shit, like maybe I shouldn't have done this or we're above, you know, in or over our head, like anything that you can share that will kind of help them. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, obviously I shared a little with the, with the salon and I had no idea, is this going to work? Are things going to happen? And, and it, and it did, uh, as well as with Bali powder, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm just going to set it all up. I'm going to work my ass off. And, um, at the time, you know, I had some really great, uh, I, and I still have this really great mentor. In fact, she's the one who purchased my salon. She has a salon not too far away and she wanted to expand and, and that's how that ended up happening. Um, but uh, selling the salon. So now we're at that place. I've sold right. the salon uh, just at the end of last year. And okay. now, now we're focusing on the product line and education and the whole bit. Uh, thanks. It was, it, it was a journey. But, uh, um, I just sold, so I get it. <laughs> Okay. Like yes. last week. <laughs> We've all been down that We've journey. Been you did it. Me too. Like, yeah, we 
we're here right here with you. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but it's one yeah. of those things where when you get to that place, you are ready. You mm -hmm. are ready. Yep. You're like, okay, I, I have learned the lessons that I needed from this and I I'm, I'm ready. You know? Like we're um, thankful, but it's grateful. time to go. Right. Grateful. And it, and yeah. it, it made you who you are now, but um, uh, good riddance and, and let's show other people how to do what they do. But, you know, with the product line and, and bringing it back to, you know, I had this great mentor and she, she told me, you know, look, sometimes you have to just feel the fear and do that shit anyway, you know? Yes. And so I, I threw this out there and I remember us going really hard on social media. We were, we had probably sent out about a thousand samples of this product and we were just going to town with every balayage person we could possibly think of. And um, we, we set up the website, we told them where people could go to buy the product, we sent them the samples, and we were coming home from a thing called Serious Business. I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever been to yes. Serious yep. Business. I haven't been, but I've heard of it, yes. So it, it was, um, at the time, it was our, our lead hairdresser, our lead guest services person, um, myself, my partner, and we were, we were heading home, and it was launching as we were heading home in the car from the airport. So it was, it was very stoic. It was super silent in the car. And our, our platform that we use to, to do this, um, to do all the sales and whatnot, is it's all online. We've, we've had offers from big distributors. And, um, you know, I'll touch on that in a minute because it's absolutely crazy what they expect from you. But um, we didn't go with it. We decided online was the best um, place that we wanted to be. And um, we're in the car ride home. And what we didn't know was that every time a sale was made, uh, a dinging noise would happen. Yes. <laughs> so we're listening to the music in the car and just kind of riding home and decompressing from all of the craziness that happened at this event. And all of a sudden it was ding, 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 ding. And we were like, holy shit, we're cheering in the car. We're like hands up in the air, you know, hugging each other. It was, it was absolutely intense. Amazing. Wow. And that is the, sometimes when you feel the fear and you do it anyway, you get to reap those kinds of moments that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And um, to this day, Bali powder now has become the number one balayage attitude. We still ship it around the nation every single day. And, um, you know, it, that's where we're at. Wow. You are so phenomenal. Like, I'm fired up. And I know that <laughs> Nina and I share this, but it's like the don't stop, get it, get it mentality mm -hmm. yeah. of like, even though you're so fearful, but you understand the magic, your magic, and then your brand's magic, mm -hmm. that you just do it. And then you're like shook, right? Like you launch this website and you like go through all of that. And then you're like, oh, okay, people like it, right? So like, unless you don't, like a closed mouth never gets fed. So you got to like say and put out and put in the work, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's all these sparks happening. But if you oh don't gosh. do something about those sparks, then there won't be a reality of that, right? So it's like, you really have to hone in on that. And I love that you did that. Like, that's so phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I appreciate it. It was pretty, it was pretty incredible. And, you know, we launched a lot of new things along the way. Now we have, it, it now has morphed into what we found was that people wanted even more lifts because now, you know, we're in this place where everybody wants these like bright blonde balayages. And the only way that you can really achieve that is through like foliage. So it kind of started to transition and move. And we recognized that early on and we released Blonde Boost, which is a 60 volume developer, which kind of scares the hell out of people and makes newbies want to pee their pants. But yeah. 
it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those products that, you know, will allow you to get that kind of lift that you need um, with your balayage and your foil applications. Wow. I'm so blown away. I don't know about you, Neem, but I'm blown away by you. I think you're magical. Yeah. Just electric, actually electric. electric. When have I, you, know. I've never, I never used that word like ever in my life. Electric. Have you ever heard me say that word? No. And we talk like every day, but yeah. I really feel there's like an electric, like you're just, there's a vibe that comes from you in the way that you, I'm like sweating a little bit almost. I'm like so inspired <laughs> by your story and your honesty of how you know, you've gone through some things. You were really young when you started in this business. You've been through all of it, the journey, the hair salon, the suite, the stylist, yeah. you know, building and doing all of the, these things. And now transitioning to really focusing on building your brand with Bali powder. And I think that it really can give someone, hairstylist, an owner, a little hope if they have an yes. idea or a thought of something that we have to take action on those things. We just can't sit on them because life is way too short. Amen. Amen, sis. It is absolutely true. Yeah. You got to kind of just take it by the horns and go, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, I do want to ask a question. Um, yeah. So everything that you've been through in your career, in your life, so like those challenges, what are two tips that you can give all of our listeners, you know, tuning in, to your amazing story, what are some tips to get through those challenging moments um, to kind of like help you reset or re-navigate and all of that? So I don't know if you guys are like big Brene Brown fans. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Claire's kind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Totally. And, and one of the things she says is that it's important to have like a board of directors, like your personal board of directors. Okay. <laughs> right? So you have these few people that are going to be on this board of directors that you can come to with anything that you are going through or you need at the time. And so anytime yep. I'm having that moment, and you know, we all have it. It's, it, it's that inner saboteur that, that will, that will be the death of you. You know, it's, it's yes. that, that, that fucking person in your mind that's telling you you're not <laughs> yeah. good enough. You can't yep. do this. It's never going to work, you know? Um, and it's your, it's the, the people on your personal board of directors who are going to tell you, you are good enough. You are worth it. You can do this. Yes. And those are the people you can have those candid conversations with to fill your cup back up so that you can continue to move forward and, and be the best that you can be. Because sometimes you just need that little pick me up, you know? I, I love, uh, you know, like we talk about, like, I love Brene Brown, first of all. Hi, Same. you want to come on the podcast? Mm. Yes. <laughs> but what I that. love, right. But what I love that you really, you know, jumped into was talking about, you know, having those accountability partners, the board of directors, like your tribe that isn't around you saying, oh my God, you got this. And I do want to tell you this. At ISSC, Nina, you were there. Mm -hmm. I don't, were you at ISSC this last year? Um, I do not. No, I was not at ISSC. Okay. So mm -hmm. I had this moment where I had to go on stage. I worked the most insane week before leading up to this event. I, I was so wore out and, and I was taking a break in my class with Gina. And I was like in the back talking to some of my family because they came and it was so awesome. But I was like, in my mind, like, how am I going to get through the rest of this 
two hours. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I could do. And everyone was like, oh, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. And I'm like, do like, I know I'm like falling flat. Like I'm not being like Jay because I'm just so tired. And my sister Jessica, being on the board of directors of Jay Ladner, goes, <laughs> I don't know what you need to hear right now, but you need to pull your shit together. Get it together. Everyone in the room is going to tell you're amazing, but there's something different. Just channel it. You've yeah. been through worse. I know you're tired. Just reach within because everyone paid money to be here. And mm-hmm. I was like, thank you. And I just had a conversation with her the other day and she's all, I didn't know this, but she always thought she overstepped. And I brought it up the other day and I was like, I just want to let you know, I want to thank you for being my accountability partner because at ISSC, I was able to walk on and deliver the next two hours because you were truthful to me. And I love that, you know, having, when you're going through challenging moments, like having those people around you, like I know Nina's that for me, you know what I mean? And like, it's so important when you're growing and thriving as a human and then a brand. Absolutely. I think, yeah. And it's so important to keep those people close, you know, because we uh, all need someone to kind of keep us in check, every, every single one of us. Um, before we close out, though, I wanted to pivot again because we just like to do a little pivot. And every time I say that, I think of Ross on Friends um, <laughs> with the couch. It's like one of yeah. my favorite episodes. Pivot. But I want, I want people to understand that, you know, yes, you have gone through um, challenges. You've gone through a lot of shifting and a lot of pivoting yourself in your own career. But I wanted, I want people to understand that this does not come without hard work and self-assessment and really looking within self and, and also going through your own personal challenges and struggles. So if you would be so kind as to share maybe a personal, a personal struggle something that you have gone through or a big challenge that you went through in your life that changed the course of your life and allowed you to be here where you are doing Bali powder, did your salon, sold your salon, like share with us that side of you, because obviously we know you're amazing and you've done great things, but there always is, there's a struggle there that I think we want to touch on that people really need to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have to bring it way back to even before beauty school. Um, yeah. You know, I am an only child now. I did have a sister and um, she passed away uh, mm-hmm. just before I went to beauty school. Um, mm-hmm. It was a tragic car accident, um, something that nobody expected to happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, you know, as, a, as any parent would, should never have to go through something like that. Um, you know, to watch your your mom fall on her knees when somebody comes to the door is is um, a heart uh, dropping experience. Whew. And um, you know, I just remember all of the really great things about her because um, she's really the one who would you know this is back in the '90s. So we had we had put the the mousse in our hair and we did all the clips so that we could get yes. the scrunching and the whole thing. And then you let the clips dry and you took the, the clips out and you mm-hmm. shook it out and the whole bit. And I think it was really watching her that sparked my, um, my, my beauty passion. And um, her death sort of made me feel like I needed to carry on that legacy of her, her inability to you know, beautify herself and, and that whole mm-hmm. culture that she loved. And I think that was really one of the other outside of my best friend saying, you should do this. 
um, was really one of the things that kind of spurred me to want to get into beauty school. But the struggle there was real. I mean, you know, I, at the time, like I, I know, like I said, I wanted to hug Jay in the beginning of this conversation um, because my parents, you know, weren't, weren't, didn't take it very well. And, you know, with mm -hmm. reason, I, I was that teenage kid that said, you know, I came out with, um, through a hissy fit, running up the stairs and saying, <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm gay, you know, like yeah. it was almost like, a, it was almost like a, you know, that kind of thing, <laughs> so, you know, to their defense, there was that, but, um, you know, I, um, I, I was on my own at 17. So, you know, if this is how you want to be, you're, you're going to have to figure it out. And, um, you know, of course, it was a it was a struggle because um, I had to get my own place with friends and have roommates and learn to be responsible and manage my money and the whole bit. Um, but yeah, through that process, I think when my sister had passed away, they really kind of had an enlightening moment. Mm. Wow. And it yeah. was one of those moments where they said, you know, our son could be gone too. And we have to really think about that and think about what it is that is a priority. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, um, is okay. a priority in, um, in our lives because, you know, uh, the people in your lives could be gone tomorrow. And, um, it's, uh, it was an awakening for them and an awakening for me too. Um, I'm happy to report that today. My parents are so supportive. They are my biggest cheerleaders. Um, they, my husband is like their second son and, um, they treat him as such. And, you know, I just had him over, over the weekend for father's day and we were out on, on the lake and, and doing fishing and the whole bit. And, um, life, life is good now. And, you know, things do get better, but sometimes it really takes a, a moment of disparity for people to understand the priorities in life. And then they come around, you know? Wow. That is, that's incredibly powerful. I mean, as we're all so emotional, I mean, I feel like the thing that came to my mind when you said that your parents had um, an enlightening was almost in, in like, I, I had this feeling of like, that was a teachable moment with, you know, with what happened to your sister and then, you know, shifting that over to your parents and what they may have been thinking of you was a very, it was like a teachable moment. And it's so incredibly unfortunate and I'm so sorry, um, you know, with what happened to your sister, my heart just breaks. Uh, but there was that moment that allowed you and your parents to come together. And, you know, I always try to see the light in, in the darkness and yes. there always is uh, a silver lining. And I always feel that out of tragedy and out of darkness, there always comes something good. And even through what we're going through now in our, in our world, um, you know, there always is, is good. But sometimes we need to hit the bottom first in order to, you know, to come through that on the other side. So thank you so much for sharing that because I know that's very personal for you. Um, I know it's tough to share, but that real, that actually really gets me choked up. And I just, you know, I think that we, we relate things to our own life. You know, when we get choked up about things and we get so emotional, I learned this when I went to um, the Miraval Resort and I did horse therapy with my husband and I'll never forget what the mediator said to me because I was so upset listening to everyone else's story. He said, I see that you're so upset. It's not their pain that you're crying over. It's your own. Yours. And I was like, wow, because I am a very empathic person. I feel 
but it's because I feel and carry my own pain. So it's so relatable. And so I'm hoping that with you sharing that story, you know, we look at people and their brand and you know, how well you're doing on Instagram and Facebook and you have this, this Bali powder business that you has, has exploded in the past three years, but you still also have a very personal side and story to you. And that is what I just love about people like you that come on our podcast and are willing to share that. So thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh, it is my pleasure. Um, I am so happy to finally be in a space with you guys together. <laughs> yes. And um, I hope we get to you know meet in person and yes. do this in, in IRL. <laughs> yes. yes, and I just wanna thank you so much for being so brave, so honest. And like, I now want to like wrap my arms around you and just mm -hmm. let you know that you're not alone and like, I didn't lose a sister, but I did lose a best friend, like during all of that time, you know, that was like what you went through as well. So it like, I, I couldn't even talk. I was like, oh shit. And what I have found is that we are more alike, all of us humans. Yes. And we are different. Mm -hmm. And if we love with all of our hearts and look at each other for what we've been through, mm -hmm. just like Jared Jackson Dean said on our podcast, we all know pain mm -hmm. and that's relatable. So thank you so much for being so vulnerable and honest and celebrating who you are as a badass human. And yes. I'm obsessed with you even more. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> I love you guys. Listen, don't play with so me. Much. I'll go in. I'll go <laughs> feel it. You Dr. just Saddish. inspire me to just like yes. Don't stop, get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this has been so great. We're so thankful. Thank you so much again for sharing your story. I want to make sure that people can find you. So tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram and on website, anything like that that you want to share. Sure thing. Um, people can find me at, at Gartner James. It's my last name and first name on Instagram. And um, on YouTube, they can find me um, at James Gartner. Nice. And make sure Bali powder. Instagram. Oh yes. At Bali powder on Instagram. Yes. Make sure that you go check him out, follow his pages. I love all the business stuff that you're doing on your personal page. I think that's how we connected too on Instagram, right? I admire you immensely, Nina. And oh, I, I was like, I just have to, I have to reach out to her because this bitch is it. I'm like, Hello? she is it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. So she gets my whole life together. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been like, I'm glowing right now. If you guys could see, I'm sure Jay will do little bitties so we can see how we all are glowing right now. But thank you again for joining us. Make sure you check him out on Instagram, follow his pages, make sure that you follow our amazing sponsor at Oligo Pro on Instagram. And it's Mr. Jay Ladner. And of course, me at Nina Tulio. If you haven't written a review about us on iTunes, we would so love it if you would. Uh, and thank you so much if you already have taken time to write a sweet little review about us. But as, listen, I, you know how the story goes at the end of every single podcast. If you learn anything from listening to us today, please know it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.